Blog Talk Radio. Romans 2 and 5. No. Righteous judgment of the Most High. Who will yep. render unto every man according to his nope. deeds. To them who by patience. Yep. Continuing some well-doing seat. No nope. glory and honor. And immorality. Yep. Eternal life. But unto them that are nope. contentious. And do not obey the yep. truth. But obey unrighteousness. Indignation and wrath. Oh, Great blue yep. You an African American? Nope. You believe that's your heritage? Yep. Do you know who you are? Nope. King, queen? Nigga with back? Nope. Do you shine like a star? Yep. Think they gon' say it? Nope. We gon' expose them. Yep. Yeah. They gon' take your life? Nope. So many secrets in the vault? Yep. Do this knowledge cost? Nope. Hop in the book to my? Yep. Do we follow these laws? Nope. Do they still exist? Yep. Have time to wait? Nope. Do we have grace? Yep. Continue in sin? Nope. I'ma ask you again. Yep. Should we continue in sin? Choose. 
choose from. You got to choose one. Who you gonna choose the most? I heard it's hard to choose. Two sides to choose from. You got to choose one. Who you gonna choose? Who you gonna choose? Got to choose. Alright, alright, alright. Gonna learn today. Alright, alright, alright. Gonna learn today. Alright, 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 alright. Salam, 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 salam. It is not a mistake, brothers and sisters. It is not a mistake. Yes, today is Thursday. Yes, it is Thursday, September 14th, 2023. And yes, I know we are missing our beloved brother, uh, Tazapa, his education, his teachings, that, that as, as, as we, uh, he touched us and blessed us uh, uh, on Tuesday with Tazapa Tuesdays. But unfortunately, brothers and sisters, we are most definitely in, in captivity. We're most definitely in spiritual Egypt. And he, he had, he, he's on a plantation. Uh, he, had, he, had, he had to work today. So he wasn't able to get freed up either for this morning's uh, class or for this evening's class. He had to, uh, he's working two jobs, as a matter of fact. So he wasn't able to make it. Uh, I'm, I've a lot more time on my hands, so I'm, I'm covering again for today. So please continue to be patient and bear with me as I, as I keep trying to go through this. And for those who got the text message, for the past three days, it might seem like you're getting the exact same text message when it comes to dealing with blog talk, except for talks about Tuesdays. And that's because, brothers and sisters, I have tried to, I've attempted this class. This will be my fourth day of doing this, uh, third day of doing this class, um, the True Birth of Christ, uh, as we refuse uh, uh, old wives' tales and fables. And this is my third class, but this is just brain farts. I'm just going to be transparent. I'm going to be honest because of brain farts. I have uh, forgot to turn the mic on. Uh, I have, uh, and, and going through the class, and trying to compile and, 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 and bring the class out where it's clear, um, uh, where it's clear, 
I've, 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 it's gotten choppy because it's so much information. Um, and I, I just have so many resets in the same class, but I keep sending the same class out, so it might seem like, like Mashaba's got that Alzheimer's or he got something going on. No, Mashaba doesn't. Um, this is, yes, the third time or fourth time I've sent this same, seems like the same class out, but if you go to our library, you'll see that all the other classes have been deleted. Um, so we're still going from part 12 of our series. So now this is part 13 uh, of our series, all right? Um, I'm, I'm going to kind of shorten the rest of the announcements for today. I do want to announce, though, that today, let me close the high holiday. Tonight at sunset is a high holiday, all right? Tonight at sunset is the beginning of a high holiday. As we're following the calendar from the uh, Masharal Yashua'ala, um, <clears throat> and that includes the, uh, the House of David, the Light of Zion, uh, the AOI, uh, um, of course, ourselves, uh, the stream of wisdom, the sport of truth, <coughs> um, uh, the brothers out there in, in uh, California, the, the shield of wisdom, uh, that we all have uh, come together, and too many other camps to, to, to name, <coughs> we all come together and, and we're observing this calendar uh, that we're observing, and it's based off of uh, the calendar used by the brothers and sisters that are actually in the land of Israel who go by the, uh, the beginning of the year, uh, which is called a bib, actually starts when the very first spring, uh, sprig of, uh, uh, is actually seen, that that is the beginning of the year, meaning to spring forth. That's what the word a bib means, to spring forth, uh, the springtime. So by going from that uh, calculation, that's where they compiled this, this calendar. Because uh, I don't know if you're looking on YouTube uh, and check out other, several other sources of camps, like IUIC, they have another another day for the uh, as we're coming to the uh, 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 the memorial blowing the trumpets. I know Sakari has another day that they're observing for the memorial blowing the trumpets. Uh, Believers of the Way have other days for, and it's all just kind of it seems it seems uh, confusion, and that's only because there's a lot of things that, as the scripture does tell us, brother says it says that uh, uh, for now we see through a glass darkly. So we know in parts, we prophesy in parts. So we teach the things that we can see and the things that we know. Uh, but it says that when he that is perfect has come, then that which is known in parts should be done away with. That once Christ gets here, uh, who we are all patiently are waiting to return of, uh, the Messiah, the Hamashiach, uh, waiting for his return. Once he gets here, and then like he says in prophesied and like in Ezekiel and Jeremiah and other, other, other uh, uh, in Acts even, he's going to plead with us face to face. We are actually going to see him face to face. And for a lot of things that, that there might be some confusion on, for a lot of things that we might not have, have, have a alignment in, perfect alignment in, once he gets here, it will be aligned. All right, once he gets here, these things will be aligned. So in the meantime, in keeping with Judges chapter 5, verse 11, we're just rehearsing the righteous acts. We're trying to do the best we can while we're here in captivity, while we're here in spiritual Egypt, also the place known as spiritual Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, uh, the place also known as Babylon the Great, that while we're here um, and we're working on repentance, we're working on, 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 uh, on repentance, that we're rehearsing the righteous act. So uh, with all that being said, brothers and sisters, tonight, according to the calendar that we are observing, uh, does begin the, the high holiday called the Memorial of the Blowing of Trumpets, which, which begins sundown tonight, and it does end sundown tomorrow night. So tonight is sundown. Uh, September 14th, does begin the Memorial of the Blowing of Trumpets, all right? Um, with today being Thursday, 
there is no class tonight in in um in San Antonio on Thursday. So the class schedule in San Antonio is Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays from 7:30 um, to 10:30. So tomorrow night at the end of this of this Sabbath, at the end of this uh, high holy day, uh, there is a dinner uh, that's going to be held at uh, the Sport of Truth at 4444 uh, Walsham Suite number 201, uh, San Antonio, Texas 78217819. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I said it so many times. Um, 7218 uh, being the uh, address. Uh, if you'd like to participate with, with, with the High Holy Day um, here in San Antonio, please come and check us out. Right? And, and uh, it will be at the school starting at, at 730. Uh, if you'd like to bring anything, uh, 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 it'll be a good, good time too. Please reach out to a priest of one ayer at 210-862-2643 or Brother Sam Swan at Erica 505-387-9609. Okay? So we have tonight at sundown uh, begins the memorial of the blowing of trumpets, and then we have uh, it ends tomorrow night at sundown. Uh, then on the twenty third, right, the twenty third, September twenty third, uh, at sundown is the beginning of the day of atonement. Right, the twenty third uh, at sundown is the beginning of the day of atonement, uh, and that would end uh, sundown September twenty fourth um, uh, for the day of atonement. The day of atonement is only fast. That the most I require for, for the nation of Israel, when we do fast for a 24-hour period, we don't eat or drink anything for that 24-hour period. Um, please get in touch with all the, the, the schools, um, whether uh, ones you want to be closest to, whether it's uh, San Antonio's for the truth, whether it's the, the Shield of Wisdom, the Stream of Wisdom in Houston, the Stream of Wisdom in Norfolk, or the Stream of Wisdom in Rochester, to uh, see how they will be observing those days, okay? Um, and then uh, right after that, uh, sundown September 28th, we do begin the Feast of Tabernacles. Right? Sundown, sundown September 28th, we do begin the Feast of Tabernacles, and that ends uh, sundown October 5th, uh, 2023, for the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, on Saturday, September 30th, uh, the Sword of, of Truth here in San Antonio, as well as uh, the Stream of Wisdom out of Houston, We'll be uniting uh, for the Feast of Tabernacles. Um, there's an uh, invite, uh, uh, an RSVP, if you'd like to, like to participate or, or in, in fellowship uh, with this. Um, please reach out to Brother Awana Iron. He's also hosting this uh, from, the, uh, from the Sword of Truth. At, again, area code 210-862-2643. All right, for the Feast of Tabernacles, 2023, um, please reach out to the brother uh, uh, for available, uh, what funds uh, you and your family might need, uh, need to uh, uh, participate in, uh, and, and the available spaces, uh, all right? It's going to be at the campgrounds. It's going to be at the campgrounds. So please reach out again to the brother, Warner Iron, Erico 210-862-2643. There is a $10 per individual or $50 per family um, fee. Um, uh, that is required to cover the cost of the campgrounds, um, all the equipment and the food that's going to be provided for, the, uh, for this day. Uh, and then if you need, uh, uh, there's cabins available. And if you need an in, interior uh, space or, or bed or whatever uh, to participate in this, you have to reach out to Brother Warner Iron by, by tomorrow. All right, and have all monies in by tomorrow uh, to arrange what 
what, how much you need to pay, um, how many people you might have coming, and are, are there any beds available? All right, are there any beds available? Um, reach out again to Brother Wanda Iyer, Erico 210-862-2643, and all funds need to be paid through Cash App, the, the Sport of Truth uh, Cash App, which is ISBHBK San Antonio. That's ISBHBK San Antonio on Cash App. All right, so please reach out to Brother Wanda Iyer to, to see if the accommodation is still available. All right, and this RSVP is very important. And again, all monies need to be in by tomorrow evening. All right, all monies need to be in by tomorrow evening. Um, cool, cool. I'm getting some text in. All right, cool. So, wanted to get that out the way, brothers and sisters. And then, you know, as I do, I want to do the prayers. Uh, and then we're going to get into this class. I really want to do get into this class. So, this is the part of, uh, where I've compiled a list of names uh, of people who need prayer. And I'm going to be saying a prayer. I will be saying a prayer at this time right now in in English and in Hebrew. And feel free to repeat this if you if you choose to. But more importantly, please get some of these names um, of the brothers and sisters that need some prayer, that need that need that need your, your prayers going up for for them. And if you need anybody added to this list, please get the names to me. All right, please get the names to me. Uh, just text me. Now you can just text me, and. I have no problem adding to this list that uh, we can we all pray for each other. All right, let me all pray for each other. I, I got a name here I want to add, or two names. Cool. So with that, I'm going to send these prayers up. Again, please get the names. It's more important that you get the names in your own individual prayers, own individual time that you're praying to the Father, you might add these names to your prayer list as well, that we might uh, lift each other up in prayer. All right? So uh, here we go. I'm, 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 I'm going to go to the prayer right now. We're going to do uh, the English, and I'm going to come back and do, do, the, do the Hebrew. The Most High, in the name of Christ, please listen to us now, right now. Please send Michael and the holy angels to watch over, to bless, to heal, to strengthen, to help, to protect, to build up, And to give your mercy. Father, you, you remind us in Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. You say that the, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his, face, his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And that... And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel, and I will bless them. So, Father, we ask, now in the Hebrew, we now ask you, Father, Yabaraka Yahweh, Wahashamarika, Yahar Yahweh, Panyuah, Ayaka, Wahashamaka, Shalom, Yahweh, Bahasham, Yahweh Shai, Shema'il, Barak, Rapah, Chazak, Izar, Hagan, Wa Magan Wa Banalamail Wa Nathan Hasadka two the sister uh Bobby Dixon 
to the sister, Sierra Leakey, the daughter of our brother David, to the sister, Ibadiah, the wife of brother Lachama there in Houston, to our brother, Shaquat Gabar in Norfolk, Virginia, uh, to our brother, Sahamam Racha and his wife, Waradaya, uh, here in San Antonio, to our friend, John Spann, to uh, Miss Catherine, Ma Dukes, the mother of our, of our, our beloved brother, Tazapah, to our friends in Albuquerque, Becky and Darrell and Carmen, to my in-laws, the entire Lovett family, Melvin and Margaret, and my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, and my nieces and nephews, to the family of brother Gabar Kouwa, the entire Coates family, to our brother, to our teacher, uh, Sezakia, there in Norfolk, and all his family, to the sister Anagashia, who is dealing with the, 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 the passing uh, of the calling home of her grandfather, Juan Valentino Moreno, uh, to our brother, Tahawam, my young, out there in Houston, uh, to our brother, West Beverly, here in San Antonio, his Hebrew name being Tahawam, to our sister, the wife of brother, the teacher, the priest of Werner Iyer, to our sister, Ayana, Ayana Banat Banyamian, to some special needs children, father, to the, to the daughter of our brother, Tazapah, and his wife, Harakaya, their daughter, Cece, to the daughter, of our brother Gabar Kowa and uh, uh, Anagashia, their daughter, Aizali, to the daughter of our brother Barnabas and his wife Kwadashaya, Aliyah, to our brother Tazapa and his family, to our brother Kwadashkabar here in San Antonio, to our brother and friend Yenawathan uh, up in Albuquerque, and to his brother Warren, who is in Oklahoma. To our, to our brothers, to our family out there in Florida, to Gabar Ya'ala and his wife, Ayasha, out there in Florida, and to her mother, Ruthie Mae Johnson, to the family of Brother Sean Kodash and his wife, Mariah, and their son, to our brother Lavander, Brother LV, out there in California, and to his mother, Pat Washington, to our sister, Kwadashaya, the wife of our brother, Bonabad, to our friend, Sean Stark. To our friend, Sylvia Khan. To our little brother, our nephew, Shapar, the son of Brother uh, Gabar Kowa. To our brother up there in Lubbock, uh, Yama. To our brother, Yasha Allah in Gallup, the brother of uh, Danya Allah. And Father, I also lift up uh, to you, uh, my parents, Eddie and Bobby Morris, uh, there in Albuquerque. And we ask you all these things in Christ's name. Anachnawa, Sha'al call, Atham, call, Bahasumi Havashai. We thank you always. Anachnawa, the water from Yad. Aman. All right, brothers and sisters, <coughs> getting that out the way. Um, go ahead, throw a little plug out, a little shout out. Um, if you'd like to help support the ISBK Bible Talk podcast, I'm accepting donations on Cash App at Mashaba, M A S H A H B A. Just help out as, as, as the uh, bill is about to come up uh, for this month. If you'd like to help out, it is appreciated, all right? It is appreciated. Let me close this out now. Cool. Let me come back here, and, and <laughs> I will check to make sure my mic is on. But it's just yesterday, I did, I, yesterday when I did the same class, I did the announcements, okay? Just, just to give you a little, little, little background on what, on what happened. I did the announcements, 
And then when I, uh, I, I did an intermission, and after doing the intermission, I came back and I, tur- I turned my mic off. No, I, I did turn my mic off. <laughs> during the intermission, because I, you know, I didn't want the, all the background or whatever of, of, of what was going on, what was happening. <laughs> and when I came back, I didn't turn the mic back on. So I've got almost an hour and a half of class that didn't get recorded yesterday. All right? It was almost an hour and a half of class that did not get recorded yesterday. <laughs> if I lived on top of the Empire State Building, I might have jumped yesterday. <laughs> If I lived on top of Empire State Building, I might have jumped yesterday. I was so uh, I was I was so let down. I was so frustrated. So here we are. With, with, with going back into this today. The mic is on. All right, the mic is on, and the chat room is up. Let me say shalom in the chat room. S H A L A, shalom. The chat room, brothers and sisters. The chat room at www.blogtalkradio.com the chat room is up okay the chat room is up and running uh if you have any questions comments or what have you uh and you can go to your web browser go to www.blogtalkradio.com uh pull that up go to the search box type in mashaba m-a-s-h-a-h-b-a that'll bring you to our episode page and you'll see where uh it says on air live now you can click the button where you'll be able to listen uh and then you swipe below that. There's a box. It's a chat. It's a chat room, right? It's a chat room. Feel free to. to, to and what I'll, be, what I'll be doing during this class, I've got some some secular sources and his, history references that we're going to be using. That I'm going to be going to. That I will be uh, posting in the chat room. So if you want to go ahead and swing in there uh, while we're live on air right now and, and pick these things up, so you can keep your studies up and keep and keep your the the uh, the references that we go to up, as you come back and study, as you go back and, and, and prove all things, um, that you're studying the traits of approval to God, a, a, a worker who, needed, who rightly divides the word of truth, that you make sure that it, it, it's proper and it, it's saying what it's saying. All right? The last thing anybody wants to do is lead anybody astray. As we're coming to these last days and we're waiting for the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we want to make sure we're doing things the right way. All right? We definitely want to make sure that we are doing things the right way. So, the mic is up and running. We are good to go. Um, let me do this here. Where am I at? Okay, here's my notes. Here's my notes. We want to start here. But with that, let me talk about this intermission and everything. I done talked myself into needing an intermission. <laughs> you, ever just, you ever laugh, just keep from crying? So I'm going to leave the mic on. All right, so if y'all might hear some crazy stuff in the background right now, I'm leaving the mic on, and we're going to hit this, I'm going to hit this intermission music, and when we get back, we're going to get into this class. All right? Brothers and sisters, I thank you. I appreciate you for your patience. The water, thank you always. The water for your patience. All right? Here we go. So I got to do the intermission, and when I come back, we're going to jump into this class. We're going to splish splash. I was taking a bath all upon a Thursday morning. We're going to jump into this class, all right? Intermission, and we'll come back. We'll get it. We're gonna keep it going. Here we go. Mm-hmm. 
Alright, alright, alright. Gonna learn today. Alright, 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 alright. <laughs> we are back. The mic is on, and we can go ahead and get started. Hi, brothers and sisters, and and shout out to my brother uh, Yunavathan, who I see is in in, in the uh, the uh, in the studio. Shalomat. Alright, brothers and sisters, from part twelve of the series that we're dealing with, uh, we was going over, over Nimrod uh, in the last part of the series that we was dealing with, and. What we're trying to, uh, trying to reveal and bring out to everybody right now is the impact of, of Nimrod and uh, the kingdom that he started called Babel uh, that we read about in Genesis chapter 10, uh, verses uh, uh, 6 through 10, 6 through 11. Uh, and the, the name Nimrod is only mentioned, like maybe, besides Genesis chapter 10, there's maybe only two other verses in the whole Bible that discusses Nimrod. Right? And because of that, a lot of people not actually, might not actually be familiar with who Nimrod actually is um, and his impact on, on world history and, and, and the world and the earth to where if you consider in Revelations, Revelations discusses the destruction. From what everybody knows is Armageddon. Everybody's familiar with Armageddon. But if you consider and you go back and reread, Armageddon is dealing with the destruction of a place called Babylon the Great. Right? Babylon the Great, which, which we get scriptures telling us is spiritually known as Egypt, is spiritually known as, as Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, and again, this place is called Babylon the Great. And that is with the destruction of this place called Babylon the Great that Christ does make his triumphant return back into the earth. And that now this place is going to be destroyed. Again, it being called Babylon the Great. Well, in doing this uh, uh, a series in the study, like we're doing, what's the significance of this name being Babylon the Great? Well, in going to our word studies and going to our, our studies and everything, Babylon comes from the Hebrew word babal, which means confusion. And when we go to the beginning of the Bible, now Revelation chapter eight, 17 18 really goes into the destruction of this place called Babylon the Great. When we go to Genesis chapter 10, we get that Nimrod was the first founder after the flood of a place called Babel, where the word Babylon comes from. It was the very first empire after the flood, and it was called Babel or Babylon. And when we get to Genesis chapter 11, we can see that this empire that, that uh, Nimrod had, and, and the founder of this, 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 this empire, this kingdom, was Nimrod. And that from Genesis chapter 11, that with the, with the establishing of his tyranny, over the over the earth at that time, over the, over the population of the world at that time, that that he he pushed men pushed the population of earth to build what's known as the Tower of Babel, 
um, and that from what we went over in our series, brothers and sisters, we already, already covered it, that <clears throat> in history, or when we go back in, in, again in our studies, that this place on the Tower of Babel, that even from Genesis chapter 11, it tells us that it was a place where the people of the earth came together and said, let us make a name for ourselves. And that was the, the, the tyrannical dictatorship that Nimrod had and established over all the people to build, be about yourself, build a name for yourself, make yourself a reputation, which is in, in direct contrast to how Christ came. It says that Christ came and made himself of no reputation. Um, but here we have, in, from the beginning of, 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 of the repopulating of the earth after the flood, we see where Nimrod was pushing this philosophy. He was really pushing this, this philosophy really, I mean, to the extremes to where, um, as we were going through our studies, it showed that, that men were building uh, um, uh, massive monuments uh, to themselves, that it really was about making a name for yourself, um, uh, building edifices and, and, and building uh, that your name might live on forever. In opposition to God, that, that uh, remember, part of the flood coming is because the imagination of everybody was that they was going to make a name for themselves and be a giant. And remember, the giants, and we might be able to touch on that today, it wasn't just the physical stature of a person um, from before the flood. It was that they made themselves names and, as well as giants in whatever industry they might have been in. Um, similar to today, uh, that from all the different Hall of Fames um, that are established, from sports to music to uh, 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 engineers to, to writers to actors to whatever, you have all these different uh, arenas where there's awards giving and recognition for people being giants or being stars uh, in whatever industry they might be in. This was some of the same things and mentalities that was going on before the flood and that Nimrod carried with him after the flood in establishing this empire called Babel or Babylon, the very first Babylon. And that uh, that's why he was known as a mighty conqueror or a mighty hunter before the Lord. Um, and that he hunted uh, the peoples of the earth and subdued them in, to submit to this, his philosophy and his uh, doctrine and his ideals of not paying attention to God, but attribute everything to yourself. It's by your own, uh, your own courage. It's by your own uh, acts. It's by your own will that you're going to find your happiness. And that's to attribute it to God. And that if you build something for your name, that your name will live forever. Do something and, and so that you're known for your courage you know, for your bravery, that it might live forever. And they build these massive monuments, these, these massive uh, 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 legacies, build these things so your name will last forever. This is what Nimrod was pushing with the Tower of Babel and his first empire called Babylon. Again, we've covered that in the, in the previous series uh, that we've gone over. We're now here part 13. So I want to read this. This is from the Cyclopedia of Biblical, let me, let me get up to the top of it. The Cyclopedia of Biblical, Theological, and Ecclesiastical Literature. And I'm going to copy this right here. I'm going to paste this title in the chat room. I'm going to paste this title in the chat room. 
Again, if you don't have access to the chat room, please don't worry about it. Uh, it's not mandatory uh, for this class of what we're going over. But if, if you're catching the archive of our podcast, of our broadcast, um, you can go look these things up. Right? You can go look these, these things up, and you'll be able to catch on where we're reading from. Not a problem. That's why I'm, 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 that's why it's here. That's why I'm saying it. But if you have a chance to go to your web browser uh, to catch up with us, it, it's definitely here, okay? And I'm going to come down to where I was at. Yeah, we went over this part uh, in part 12 of our, of, our, of our show. And for what we're starting today, I'm going to post this in the chat room also. Copy. And also by me doing this, it gives me a chance to slow my mind down so that, so that this might be able to come out clear like it, like it needs to be. All right? So from the Cyclopedia of Biblical, Theological, and Ecclesiastical Literature, dealing with the topic of Nimrod, we're going to jump down to the paragraph where it says, concerning the literature of Nimrod, the scriptures give, give not the slightest information nor even uh, ground of conjecture. That's where we're starting from, from, from the Cyclopedia of biblical, theological, and ecclesiastical literature. First off, it's an encyclopedia, right? So it's a compilation of, of information, of, of resources, of references uh, being compiled together, dealing with the Bible, theology, and ecclesiastes. You know, okay. So, reading on, it says concerning the the the, the latter life of Nimrod, the scriptures give not the slightest information, or even ground. For conjecture, okay, and it's true. When we just stick to the Bible, which we're supposed to do, but stick to the Bible, we get so little information about the life, uh, the latter life of Nimrod. All we get is that he began the Tower of Babel. He conquered six other kingdoms, or six other cities, uh, put people in subjection, built the Tower of Babel, and then that, and the Lord came down and saw what men were doing, and that's where he could find the languages, so they would stop this madness. And apparently we, we came together and just started all over again. But this was the beginning of, of the, the kingdom called Babylon under Nimrod. But as far as the latter life, we have we have we don't have any information in the Bible. This is where we have to go to other historical other histories, right? Other reference books to get some information. Continuing on with, with the Cyclopedia of Biblical, Theological, and Ecclesiastical Literature, I'm gonna jump down now to where it says some will make Nimrod to be uh, Bellows, all right? Jumping down now, I don't want to read everything. We, we've been over this, all right? Um, it says, uh, some make Nimrod to be Bellows and consider men uh, for uh, uh, us and us are only the Greek and Latin grammatical uh, terminations to have been his son. So what we have to do now is, brothers and sisters, is, and we've done this in the, in, in the Part 12 of this series that we're dealing with, where the legend of Nimrod, for lack of a better word, we can find his, his deeds of being that conqueror, of being mighty, and even uh, historical accounts among other nations of how the languages got, got um, uh, divided in the earth. And they all started at one place. That that is not just recorded in the Bible as far as Genesis chapter 11, but you have other histories, other nationalities, other nations of, of antiquities, other nations 
saying the exact same thing, all right? But they don't call that, that conqueror or that person Nimrod. They have other names for this person. Now, remember, that makes sense if at the Tower of Babel, the Lord confounded all the languages and, and, and divided all the, the nations, that, yes, if we have different languages, that obviously if they all live the same events, the way they account of it or the way they would talk about it or the names they would use would not be the exact same names, but we can see where the exact same events took place. All right? And that's what we have to do to be able to link and get the understanding about Nimrod and get more of his significance and how his influence has spread from, from just after the flood up until modern day today, how his influence has affected the whole wide world. So I, the world might not know him as Nimrod, but other names that he was called by other nationalities, we'd be familiar with these other names. Okay? So reading again under Nimrod, it says, Some make Nimrod to be Belos, and consider Nin to have been his son. Others identify Nimrod and Ninus. It is further narrated that Ninus is uh, in competency with uh, Eric, an Arabian sovereign, in 17 years spread his conquest over Mesopotamia, Media, and a large part of Armenia and other countries. Check this out. That he married Ceramicus, a warlike companion and a, a con continuer of his conquest and the builder of Babylon, that their son Ninus succeeded and was followed by uh, more than 30 sovereigns of the same family. I want to give this part right here, brothers and sisters, how it is recorded in other, especially here in uh, uh, Arabic history, that Nimrod, otherwise known as Linus, make sure I get that right, um, that Nimrod had a son named Linus after marrying a warlike queen or champion named Ceramicus. All right? I want us to get this understanding uh, as we're making these links as we're connecting these dots, all right? Then in history, other histories, Nimrod identified as Linus married Ceramicus. Now, the name Ceramicus is nowhere in the Bible. Now, the name Ceramicus is nowhere in the Bible. But Ceramicus was an actual historical figure, and she was a queen, all right? She was a queen. With that, uh, let, let me, uh, let's go to... 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. And we're going to be, be, be anchoring on this scripture quite a lot today. And, and probably in the next, next, on Monday when we come back to this. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. Now remember, Timothy, or Paul, was telling Timothy here in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. They were at Ephesus. And we're going to get into that history. We're going, we're, I'm going to get into that a little, little later in this show. But one of the warnings that Paul was giving Timothy is in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, to refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Now, check out what it's saying here. Refuse profane and old wives' fables. Okay? Why would this be said? Here we are in the New Testament. We have Nimrod going some 2,500 years before Christ at the Tower of Babel, right? If, 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 
let me slow down. And try to establish and get a chronology of things. We have Nimrod from Genesis chapter 10 and chapter 11, the, the founder of Babylon, of Babel, and the Tower of Babel, from Genesis chapter 10 and chapter 11. Through some historical accounts, we see that he married a, a queen, a warrior queen, a warrior conqueror named Ceramicus. From there, we're jumping history. We're jumping time all the way to the time of, 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 of Paul and Timothy. And let me do this. Let me do this. And y'all are welcome to do this also. I'm going to Google, and I'm going to, going to type in and ask, when was first Timo, Timothy written? And it says, the book of First Timothy was likely written between 62 and 66 A.D. Paul wrote the letter uh, to Timothy to encourage him in his responsibilities for overseeing the Ephesian church and other churches in the, provinces, in the province of Asia. I just want to get that part right there. So the book of First uh, Timothy was uh, most likely written between 62 and 66 A.D. Okay? So now we're looking at, or if, if, if y'all can walk with me here, Nimrod being around 2,500, 2,500 years before Christ. Here we have uh, Paul writing this book, writing this, this letter to Timothy, 64 years on average, but 64 years, approximately 64 years after Christ came that this letter has been written. And the warning is what? Refuse profane and old wives' fables. And exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Okay? Uh, uh, there's a link here. There's a link here. It's a period of over almost 2,600 years that now Paul is having to make a reference to it about an old wives' fables, plural. We ha- that hopefully would encourage some of us to say, why? Where is that coming from? What does this mean? And why did God find it necessary that this letter that Paul had wrote to Timothy would be necessary for us in, in the year 2023? Why would this be necessary for us? Why would we need to receive, receive this? Why would we need this, understanding that things are in the fourth time written for our learning? What, what's this breadcrumb that's being given to us right here to help us get us back on to the right path, the right track of what God has going on, of God's plan? Okay? And we're supposed that Timothy, some 66 years, 64 years after Christ, is being warned or being admonished, instructed, refused, old Wives, fables. Okay? Let's get into this a little bit. Right now, brothers and sisters, please join me, uh, if you will. Now I'm going to uh, Wikipedia. I'm going to Wikipedia, and I'm going to deal with Nimrod and going to Wikipedia. And we've covered this in, in part of the other series. I just need to touch on it again a little bit today. And Wikipedia, under Nimrod, 
Hey, Stacey, you had to, go, you had to scroll down a little bit. Uh, let me, let me, I could post this in, in the chat room also. Uh, in my Wikipedia. Give me a second. Again, I do got to go. So I'm got, I got to slow this down for myself because uh, this information is so incredible. And there's so much. If I don't sit down like this, I'm going to overwhelm, overwhelm myself. Right? I'm going to overwhelm myself. So uh, I am posting this in, in the chat room, okay? I am posting this in the chat room. All right. So here we go. And I posted in the chat room. So we're in Wikipedia under Nimrod, and, we, and we're jumping on where it says Alexander Hislop. Okay, uh, Wikipedia Nimrod, and this is what it reads: Alexander Hislop, in his tract The Two Babylons, which was published in 1853, identified Nimrod with Ninus, uh, also an unattested anywhere in Mesopotamia king uh, Mesopotamian king list, which according to Greek mythology was a Mesopotamian king and husband of Queen Ceramicus, with a whole host of deities throughout the Mediterranean world and with the Persian Zoroaster. I'm getting a text. One second, everybody. One second. One second. Um, Me little bo beef, I'm out here shining For the lost sheep, I'm out here grinding I ain't talking cheese, I'm out here mining Looking for diamonds, king the business, I'm mining Trying to wake you up from the line of our rhyming Devil can't touch this heat, pantomining He is a liar, so said the lion Jewel, uh, shelter in my protector Running through him, be faster than a poor Holy is a wave, repping the ancient of days Christ is a big girl, hold Today. 
All right, brothers and sisters. Um, so from Wikipedia, Nimrod, uh, we have uh, Alexander Hislop and his track, The True Babylons, uh, published in 1853, identified Nimrod with Ninus, who, according to Greek mythology, was a Mesopotamian king and husband of Queen Ceramicus, with a whole host of deities throughout the Mediterranean world and with the Persian Zoroaster. I would like for us to take note that uh, it, is, it is noted throughout, it, they call it, here they call it Greek mythology, um, that he was a Mesopotamian king, Mesopotamia being the Fertile Crescent, um, in between the Tigris and Euphrates River, where they, where they say that the, uh, the start of civilization started. That's where humanities courses, world history courses tell you that uh, 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 the human race started and the cradle, uh, uh, the cradle of civilization started in the Fertile Crescent, uh, the, uh, the Mesopotamian Fertile Crescent, which would be geographically Babylon and Assyria, right? Which, which lends to what the Bible says that coming out of the mountains of Ararat, when you come out of the, the mountains of Ararat, which is modern-day Turkey, when you come down, down south just a little bit, that's where you find, you find yourself at. And what would be known today on the map as Babylon or Iraq even, Assyria, is all right there, all right? And that whole area is where mankind started after the flood and spread out from there, okay? The Fertile Crescent. So uh, he was a Mesopotamian king and husband of Queen Serenicus, with a whole host of deities throughout the Mediterranean world, all right? And the Persian Zoroaster. Cool. So I hope we get that part. Let's now dive into, and we had to go to more, more secular resources. We can't go to a biblical resources about ceramicists because the name ceramicists is nowhere in the Bible. But we had to now start to, to, to again, connect the dots in history with now this person with the characteristics of Nimrod, being a mighty hunter, being a conqueror, all right, um, being known for his might, being known for his power, and, and conquering the peoples of the world and having his influence. And that the, there is noted in history, someone does meet these characteristics, and that this person in history married a, a queen named Ceramicus. Okay? We're going to find out Ceramicus has different names also. So, with that, let me post this in, in the chat room. Copy. All right, come back to the chat room. Let me post this. To uh, now we're going to go to www.worldhistory.org under ceramicists. All right, www.worldhistory.org under ceramicists. And again, please feel free to look this information up uh, at your leisure. Okay, uh, pulling my notes. So we're dealing with ceramicists. And the way you spell her name is S-E-M-I-R-A-M-I-S. S-E-M-I-R-A-M-I-S. All right, Ceramicis. Ceramicis, and this is from worldhistory.org, brothers and sisters. Worldhistory.org, okay? Ceramicis is a legendary queen thought to be based on historical uh, Samuel Ramat. All right? So Ceramicis... It's thought to be based on the historical figure whose name is Samuel Ramat. All right? 
the queen regent of the Assyrian Empire. She was the queen regent of the Assyrian Empire, who held the throne for her young son, Adad Nirari III, until he reached maturity. She is known also as Shamumurat or Samumurat. She is referenced by several ancient histories, including Herodotus, Diodorus, Seleucus, and Plutarch. So, figure is noted by ancient historians, including Herodotus, Diodorus, Seleucus, and Plutarch. Y'all can look this up also. You can see. You can read along right along with me. This actual woman or person, this queen, uh, Samuel Ramat, was a real historical person. She was the queen of the Assyrian Empire. Now, remember, it told us in Genesis chapter 10 that the beginning of Nimrod's empire began at Babel and that it reached all the way over to Nineveh, which is the, king, the, the capital of the Assyrian Empire. It is the capital of Assyria. And that here we have Samuel Ramat, who is uh, Saramis is based off of being a queen, being a powerful queen during the Assyrian Empire. Okay? Uh, reading on with the, from worldhistory.org from Saramis. She was the wife of uh, Shamashi Adad IV, and when he died, she assumed rule until uh, Adad Navari. The third came of age, their son, at which time she passed the throne to him. According to scholar Gwendolyn uh, Lelick, this woman achieved remarkable fame and power in her lifetime and beyond. I want, so the wife of Nimrod, Nimrod who is based off the historical figure, Samuel Ramat, who after her husband died, who helped establish the kingdom of Assyria. After her husband died, she took power until her son came of age. Okay? I, kind of, I hope we, we, that, please remember that. Please note that. That in history, there was a queen that was the, her husband, they, they got an empire. And what happened to be in, in Assyria, and after her husband died, it was her and her son that took that that held the power, that held rulership. And according to scholar Gwendolyn Lelick, this woman achieved remarkable fame and power in her lifetime and beyond. According to contemporary records, she had uh, considerable influence at the Assyrian court. Very, very key here. Reading on, it says, this would explain how she was able to maintain the throne after her husband's death. It, it, it's similar to, I hate to go here with this reference, but if y'all remember uh, Game of Thrones, uh, where you had, uh, uh, damn, what was, what was uh, the Mother of Dragons? I know somebody can help me remember. The Mother of Dragons, uh, it's like I can slow my mind down. Mother of G-R-A-G-O Dragons Game of Thrones Denirsi Right Denirsi 
to Guardian. I'm, I'm sure Game of Thrones are going to throw me under the bus for this. Cool. But remember how Daenerysi, uh was is a fictional character in the Game of Thrones. And I'm not saying that just ceramicists. I'm not saying that. But I'm trying to help give a visual of, of, of how life was during this time of uh, Shama Marat. And then after her husband died, that it was a very male-dominated uh, 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 world, all right? So how would this woman be able to maintain power after her husband died? If y'all remember, uh, let me see this here. Um, Targaryen, that's what it name is, Targaryen. All right, cool. Let me see if I can find this. We have uh, Sarkarian, appearance, last appearance, created by, portrayed by, aliases, nickname, species, gender, title, occupation, family, significant others, religion, nationality. Uh, Drago, all right. Uh, in the Game of Thrones from 1996, Denise, uh Daenerys is sold by her brother um, into a marriage with Carl Drago, a Dothraki. <clears throat> For many of us, if you might remember the Game of Thrones, uh, you might remember uh, that storyline uh, of her. Uh, you might remember that storyline of her that her husband was very powerful. He, he was the, the, the Khal Drago, and there was a very warlike people, and, and that uh, after, her, after his death, they was ready to put her out. They was ready to put her to death, but she had to do something. In, in, in the storyline of Game of Thrones, she had to do something in order to maintain power, and that was in the storyline of Game of Thrones, she gave birth to the dragons. All right? There was three dragons who, gave her, uh, uh, who kept her in power all the way up to the end of uh, Game of Thrones. If y'all remember that, and yes, that was uh, uh, science fiction, right? That was science fiction. That was that was that was not real, but that legend started somewhere, right? Her being the wife, that her husband being a very powerful man over very warlike people. How does she maintain power? How is she being able to maintain power for her and and? Uh, now, true enough, her children wind up being the dragons in the Game of Thrones. But what happened, or what something had to take place that this queen was able to maintain power over this masculine, warlike people and able to conquer other nations, able to conquer other peoples. All that is leading back to his, the historical figure, Samuel Ramont. Sam Sam Ramont. Okay. This wasn't a part of the class, but just that, 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 that image came, came to mind. And, and, and trying to give a visual, not saying that, that the Nisri and Dr. Drago are, um, based, that they're actual his, his history, but that story is based on history. That's what I'm trying to give, give uh, uh, open, the door, open the door for. 
all right? So we go back to the worldhistory.org under uh, ceramicists, uh, where it says, according to scholar Gwendolyn Leak, this woman achieved remarkable fame and power in her lifetime and beyond. According to contemporary records, she had considerable influence at the Assyrian court. This would explain how she was able to maintain the throne after her husband's death. Women were not admitted to positions of authority in the Assyrian Empire. And to have a woman ruler would have been unthinkable unless that particular woman had enough power to take hold of it. That was an actual historical queen. That that is from actual history. Okay? That is from actual history. Now remember, let's keep in mind First Timothy chapter four verse seven. But refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. What I'm gonna do now, brothers and sisters. I didn't do this earlier, but I'm gonna do it now. Let's go to let's look up define D E F I define fable. 1828. From Webster's 1828 Dictionary, brothers and sisters, from Webster's 1828 Dictionary, and I'm going to put this in the chat room also. Oh, man. Okay, go blog talk. This is the definition of fable. From Webster's 1828 Dictionary, Fable, let me get it back. Copy, paste. Famed story or tale intended to instruct, amuse, a fictitious narration intended to enforce some useful truth or precept. Uh, Jotham's fable of the trees is the oldest extant and is beautiful as any made uh, sense, fiction in general, as the story of a, 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 is all a fable. Okay? So a fable. Um, and what is a fable? A simple definition? A short tale to teach a moral lesson, uh, often with animals or in objects as characters. Um, Apologique, the fable of the, the tortoise and the snare. Uh, uh, so a fable. We, we got that. I thought it was going to give me a more reference to a myth. I really didn't think that was going to happen. Let me kill this. Okay. It didn't, so I, I don't want to throw myself off too much. But let's get the definition of a, of a myth right, or of mythology. Let's get the definition of mythology from Webster's 1828 Dictionary. And I can post this in the chat room also for, for everybody. And I've, I've, I've posted in the chat room the definition of myth, uh, mythology from Webster's 1828 Dictionary, okay? So reading on, it says this, Webster's 1828 Dictionary, mythology, uh, a system of fables 
or fabulous opinions and doctrines respecting the deities which uh, heathen nations have supposed to preside over the world or to influence the affairs of it. So, what is mythology? A fable and discourse, a system of fables, fabulous opinions, and doctrines respecting the deities which heathen nations have supposed to preside over the, the, over the world or the influence of the affairs of it, okay? Now, in dealing with the mythology, dealing with these fables, I hope we understand that Nimrod, under different names, was an actual figure, an actual king, actual conqueror, and that he did actually, that that uh, person did marry an actual queen by the name of Samurai. Uh, all right, and that's where the name Ceramicus is derived from after an actual historical figure during the Assyrian Empire. I hope we've been able to establish that. Now, remember it was saying, brothers and sisters, that the only way that this woman, this queen, was going to be able to still maintain power in the Assyrian Empire after the death of her more powerful, mighty husband was she had to, she had to show some type of power. She had to have some type of influence. Now, this is where we're going to jump. Follow me, if you, if you will. I would like for us to be able to look up, and let me put this in, in the chat room also. Copy. Paste. Paste. In the chat room, uh, I've just pasted it, and I'm going to read it now. The shocking pagan origins of Christmas, Christmas before it was Christmas, okay? I know this seems like a wild jump, like, wow, Rashada, where the hell are you going with this? Let's walk through this, all right? How does, the, what, what is the Christmas, what is Christmas and a Christmas tree have to do with Nimrod being a conqueror, marrying his, uh, a queen named Ceramicus, they had a son. What does this got to do with the Tower of Babel was Babylon, the Tower of Babel, and Great Babylon, and Babylon the Great in the Bible. Let's let's let's, let's get into this, okay? Let's get into this. So I'm asking you to look up uh, the title, "The Shocking Pagan Origins of Christmas." Christmas before it was Christmas, okay? Um, which is at www.actuteach.com. Which is at www.actuteach.com. Okay, reading. Nimrod was a mighty hunter before the earth, before the Lord, from Genesis chapter 10, verse 9 of the King James Bible. Nimrod is, is credited for building great cities such as Nineveh and Babylon. Again, Nineveh being the capital of Assyria, uh, building uh, great cities such as Nineveh and Babylon. He was a, a rebel, and we went over that, brothers and sisters, that the name Nimrod means rebel. Nimrod comes from the Hebrew word Namrod. Uh, which breaks down to the M, uh, which means uh, uh, Namrod, which comes from the Hebrew word uh, Marad, which means to rebel, rebellion. And we went over that last class, uh, this last series, uh, part 12, um, where we were reminded where, where King Saul 
was uh, told by King by by the prophet Samuel, rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, and that stubbornness is as uh, iniquity and idolatry. We covered that in part twelve. All right. So yes, the name Nimrod actually does mean to rebel. I'm getting some text. Okay, cool. Moving on. Moving on. Okay, then. Okay. Reading on with this article. It says, after the death of Cush, Nimrod took his mother, Ceramesis, as a wife. Now, this, this, is, this is legend. Right? This is mythology. Nimrod soon died himself. So, we can't really prove about Nimrod being the, the, uh, the wife, or Ceramesis being the wife of, of of Cush, we can't really prove that. But it says that after Nimrod's death, his body was cut into pieces and scattered throughout his kingdoms. Plural. Ceramesis taught the people that the only body part that remained missing was his male member. So he had gone to the uh, so he had gone to the sun. His name should now be called Baal the sun god. She taught the people that Nimrod was the father of her unborn child, and the baby was conceived by him through rays of the sun. I hope we're kind of catching hearing what was being said. After Nimrod died, his wife said his spirit now was in the sun. And then after his death, his spirit impregnated her with an unborn child. Are we hearing this? This is the light or the myth that was started, okay, in order for her to be able to keep power, that now she was impregnated by the spirit of her dead, powerful husband by rays of the sun. Reading on. For his presence and power to reign supreme, are we listening? For his presence and power to reign supreme, phallic symbols and fires should be uh, lit to honor him. Phallic symbols. I didn't go into this. Into this, I didn't go into this. I might later. <laughs> I might later. Let me highlight this here so I I know to come back to it. Uh, yeah, I do want to come back here. I'm not going to this today, uh, as I'm talking to my brother uh, Tazafar. This is gonna take us down too big of a of a of a, uh, a rabbit hole. Um, but for his for his presence and power to reign supreme, phallic symbols and fires should be lit to honor him. Phallic symbols, brothers and sisters. I'm, I'm gonna keep reading. The supposed child. 
of that union is Horus or Tammuz, the reincarnate of Nimrod. And the story uh, Standish noted this in 1992. So this, the, this mother, this woman is impregnated by the spirit of her dead husband who was very powerful. Thousand symbols should be raised up unto him, and that the supposed child of that union is Horus, Tammuz. Now, brothers and sisters, when we go to Ezekiel, and we've done this, we're going to cover it again today, T-U-M-M-U-Z. When we go to Ezekiel chapter 8, I'm going to start at verse 12. When we go to Ezekiel chapter 8, and we start at verse 12, it says, Then said he unto me, and this is the Lord speaking unto Ezekiel, right? Then said he unto me, son of man, hast thou seen what the ancients of the house of Israel do in the dark? Every man in the chambers of his imagery. For they say, the Lord seeth us not. The Lord hath forsaken the earth. Okay? So the Lord is giving an example of showing Ezekiel some of the, the, the secret societies and the secret things that, that we as Israelites, the Israelites were doing in the land of Israel. Now, the time of Prophet Ezekiel. Let me get that real quick. P-R-O-P-H-E, Prophet Ezekiel. I just put when. So Ezekiel was born. Uh, just doing a Google, a Google, uh, Google search for uh, Ezekiel, and it said Wikipedia has him um, that he was born around 622 BC. All right, that Ezekiel was born around 622 years. Before Christ, that would mean that this is now approximately two thousand years after the Tower of Babel. Okay, about two thousand years after the Tower of Babel, we see that the Israelites have something going on that the Lord is saying, "Can you believe what they're doing? Do you see what they're doing, and can you believe this that He's revealing to Ezekiel?" All right, verse twelve. Now, Ezekiel chapter eight, verse twelve. Then said he unto me, son of man, hast thou seen what the ancients of the house of Israel do in the dark, every man in the chambers of his imagery? For they say, the Lord seeth us not, the Lord hath forsaken the earth. Verse 13. He said also unto me, turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations that they do. That you see how the ancients of Israel that everyone in their own private chamber have their own private shrine of their imagery, of what they imagine, of what they find honorable, what they find, uh, what, what they respect and reverence. And they do this because they, they figure that the Lord don't see what's going on. He said, now, you want to see something even worse than that? 
You want to see what, what's being done that's even worse than that? Verse 14. Well, verse 13 again. He said also unto me, turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations that, that they do. Verse 14. Then he brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house, which was toward the north. And behold, there sat women weeping for Tammuz. Now, this was being done in the house of the Lord, in the temple, that there were women there weeping Tammuz. This is some um, 2,000 years after, approximately 2,000 years after the fall of the Tower of Babel. Approximately 2,000 years after the Tower of Babel, the first kingdom after the flood, Babylon, was first established from Nimrod, and who became his wife, Ceramesis, and how Ceramesis laid out there in order to keep power during her time, that her dead, the spirit of her dead husband, Nimrod, had impregnated her, that he became the spirit of the son. His spirit was in the son, and that he impregnated her through the rays of the sun, and that her unborn child was Nimrod come back, that this is Tammuz. Okay? Let's go back now to this article. Going back now to the shocking pagan origins of Christmas, Christmas before it was Christmas. And I'm in the third paragraph. Reading on, it says, For his presence and power to reign supreme, phallic symbols and fires should be lit to honor him. The supposed child of that union is Horus. And Horus is an Egyptian name. But the Hebrew name is Tammuz. The reincarnate of Nimrod. Ceramicus claimed a full-grown evergreen tree sprang out of the roots of a dead tree stump. This symbolized the, the springing forth of a new life for Nimrod. On the anniversary of Nimrod's birth, which happens to be December 25th, yes, on the anniversary of Nimrod's birth, Nimrod's birth, December 25th, she said that Nimrod would visit the evergreen tree and leave gifts under it. This is the genesis of the Christmas tree, the symbol of Nimrod. This equates to approximately nine months after Easter, or the day Ishtar became pregnant with Tammuz. Nimrod reincarnated. So here we have uh, um, I'm going to get back to you, bro. So we have Nimrod would visit the evergreen tree and leave gifts under it. This is the genesis of the Christmas tree, the symbol of Nimrod. This equates to approximately nine months after Easter or, uh, or the date Ishtar became pregnant with Tammuz. Nimrod reincarnated. Now, we're finding out another name 
for Seramesis, unless it became Ishtar or Easter, that she had gave birth, she was pregnant with Tammuz, who was Nimrod reincarnated. All right? That this mother got pregnant by a spirit of her dead husband and gave birth to him again as Tammuz. That Nimrod, powerful leader, came back through his mother. Yeah. And then now the mother is the is I'm I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep reading. <laughs> now I'm going to another another uh uh website www.caswellvisuals.com www.caswell k c a s w e l l v i s u a l s uh caswellvisuals.com and examine the origins of the Christmas tree. The booklet the true origin of Christmas carries the following quote under the uh, subscribed the origin of the Christmas tree. No booklet about Christmas is complete without some explanation of the Christmas tree. We have touched on it without directly focusing on it. The modern Christmas tree originated in Germany, but the Germans got it from the Romans who got it from the Babylonians and the Egyptians. I wanted us to get this. That's why this was important. I'm posting this in the chat room, and I got to go ahead and post this in Facebook. Give me one second, y'all. Chat room first. Paste. Facebook. Paste. Post. Coming back to this article, I hope we caught that the modern day Christmas tree came from the Germans, but that the Germans got it from the Romans, who got it from the Babylonians and the Egyptians. From the Babylonians, which would go back to where? The Tower of Babel, going back to Nimrod. His wife, Semiramis, and after Nimrod died, he and became the spirit of the sun. But his spirit was put in the sun, actual, you know, human light, the sun, impregnated his woman. She gave birth to Tammuz, their son, to help her keep power. And to say that the spirit of her, her, her husband, being that mighty conqueror, that he was, he was returned back in, in the image of their son. And that a tree was set up, phallic symbols, phallic symbols were established to represent Tammuz, to represent Nimrod and, the, and their son. Nimrod as her son. All right? The following demonstrates what the Babylonians believe about the origin of the Christmas tree. An old Babylonian fable told, at an ever, told of an evergreen tree would spring out a dead tree stump. The old stump symbolized the dead Nimrod. The new evergreen tree symbolized that Nimrod had come to life again in Tammuz. Among the Druids, the oak was sacred. Among was sacred. Among the Egyptians, 
Among the Egyptians, it was the palm tree. And in Rome, it was the fir tree, which was decorated with red berries during the Saturnalia. Um, and they have a historical link uh, from Walsh, uh, Curiosities of Popular Customs, page two, uh, 242, The True Origin of Christmas, um, subheaded The Origin of the Christmas Tree. I hope we're, brother, I, I don't know how, how, how to say it. I don't want to keep borrowing Sazapa's uh, terms, but damn. The Christmas tree was established to represent Nimrod. And at Nimrod, after he dies, his, he came back as his son. That the mother was actually married to the son. The mother Serenus was actually married to the son Tammuz because that was her husband come back, her powerful husband coming back. And to represent this, to represent this, this represented, this is how Serenus or Samomorat was able to keep power during her reign after her husband died. Reading on with this article, it says the WCG booklet. The Plain Truth About Christmas, where much of this was copied from, uses the same story but doesn't give the source of reference. From many ancient writings, considerable, considerable is learned of this man who started the great organized worldly apostasy from God that was dominated, that has dominated this world until now. Uh, let me read that again. From many ancient from Many ancient writings, considerable is learned of this man who started the great organized worldly apostasy from God, to go away from God, that has dominated this world until now. Nimrod was so evil, it is said that he married his own mother, whose name was Ceramicus. After Nimrod's untimely death, this so-called mother-wife, Ceramicus, propagated the evil doctrine of the survival of Nimrod as a spirit being. She claimed a full-grown evergreen tree sprang overnight from a dead tree stump, which symbolized <coughs> the springing forth unto, now, uh, uh, unto new life of the dead Nimrod. On each anniversary of his birth, she claimed Nimrod would visit the evergreen tree and leave gifts upon it. December 25th was the birthday of Nimrod. This is the real origin of the Christmas tree. All right? Now, with all that being said, brothers and sisters, <coughs> let's go to Jeremiah now. Let's go to the book of Jeremiah chapter 10. I'm sorry, verse 1. Now we're going to the book of Jeremiah chapter 10. Now let me pull this up. Um, let's see here. Um, do I need this anymore? I got this already. I got this. I don't need this. Um, I got this too, so I can close this out. I got this also. Close this out. Uh, I actually got this too. So let me close this out. And I want to get the prophet. When? 
was the P-R-O-P-H-E, Prophet, J-E-R-E-M-I-A-H. Right, so now the Prophet Jeremiah was born approximately 650 years before Christ. So we have the Prophet Ezekiel. This is all around the same time, right? This is all around the same time. Uh, 650, 660 uh, BC, all right, uh, before Christ. So here we have Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah. I can close this out. I hope I didn't just mess everything up. And we are good. I can, right now I'm going to close this out. Uh, I need this. This here is, yes, we're going to get back to this. Yeah, oh, we definitely get back to that. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. We definitely get this. Do I have this up twice? No, I do not. And I can close this one out here, too. Okay. Getting back to my notes. Now we're going to Jeremiah chapter 10, verses 1 through 6. Jeremiah chapter 10, verses 1 through 6. This is why this is now written, okay? Approximately 600, around 600 years before Christ, all right? About 600 years before the birth of Christ, before that time, this was written. Jeremiah chapter 10, verses 1 through 6. Hear ye the word which the Lord has spoke. Let me start over. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 1. Hear ye the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. For the heathen are dismayed at them. Did we catch what was said in verse 2 here? Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen. Let me pull this up. I would like to read this in a couple of other versions. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 2. Compare. All right. From the Bible and basic English for Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 2. From the Bible and basic English from Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 2, it says, This is what the Lord has said. Do not go in the way of the nations. Have no fear of the signs of heaven, for the nations go in fear of them. Of how the way the nations go. Now remember, all peoples and all nations were there at the Tower of Babel. For all the nations that were there, and then when their languages got split up and the, and the nations got divided, they all had and were all there for Nimrod establishing this this the that the, the first uh dictatorship the ver- the first tyranny against God and what was going on so all nations have a record of the, these type of events that have become legends okay so the bible basic english says this is what the lord has said from Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 2 this is what the lord has said do not go in the way of the nations 
have no fear of the signs of heaven, for the nations go in fear of them. When we read the same thing in the Common English Version, as I scroll down, the Common English Version says this, don't follow the customs of those nations who become frightened when they see something strange happen in the sky. The message we want to get from this right now is, do not follow the customs of those nations. Learn not the way of the heathen. Learn not the way of the nations. All right. Um, from the, uh, the Dewey Reams study Bible, it says, thus saith the Lord, learn not according to the ways of the Gentiles. So don't learn the ways of the Gentiles, the ways of the heathen, the ways of the nations. Don't learn them. Don't get that. Don't get their customs. Don't learn their ways. Don't do it. Um, let's see here. The Good News Bible says, he says, do not follow the ways of other nations. Do not be disturbed by the unusual sights in the sky, even though other nations are terrified. Okay? And then the King James, the King James says, thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. Where a lot of this worship comes from, the worship of the sun, moon, and stars comes from is of the other nations. All right? So, coming back to Jeremiah chapter 10. Reading on from verse, uh, verse 2 again. Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. Verse 3, for the customs of the people are vain. For one cuts a tree out of the forest. The work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. So the, what are the customs of the nations? And remember, this is, this is almost 600 years before Christ is even born. That the customs of the people, they're worthless. For one will go and cut a tree out of the forest. They will cut a tree down. Verse 4, they deck it with silver and with gold. They take this tree that is cut down and then they decorate it with silver and gold. Silver bells. Silver bells. It's a jolly, jolly Christmas. Verse 3, for the customs of the people are vain. For once cut a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. They deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers that it move not. A Christmas tree stand? Whereas before they had a Christmas tree stand, before it was called Christmas, they would take the tree and then nail it to the floor so it stayed upright. They just cut it down. And it needed to stay upright. This is a custom or a tradition of the heathen. Going back to Ceramicus, starting this legend, that her husband, that her dead husband, came back and impregnated her with their unborn child, and that in honor of him, on his birthday, December 25th, there was an evergreen tree representing his phallic member. Verse 5, they are upright as the palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be born because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, 
for they cannot do evil, neither is it in them to do good. Why would this have to be said? So Ramah says, in order to keep power and keep the rulership during that time, that if, if she was not obeyed, the spirit of her dead husband would come and get people who did not honor her, who did not respect her position of authority and power as the queen over the empire. That something bad would happen. Now let's from, let's think about this for a second, brothers and sisters. Think about the the the, the Christmas tree, that the Christmas Santa Claus damn thing. That he's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty or nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. You're supposed to leave uh, the, the the cookies and the milk. Decorate the tree and bring presents to the tree. This wasn't in honor of Jesus Christ. This custom, which was ancient during the time of Jeremiah and Ezekiel, was over 2,000 years old during their time. Going back to Nimrod. Ceramicus. And this one, Tammuz. This is why it says, be not afraid of them. For they cannot do evil, neither also is it in them to do good. They can't harm you for not honoring the Christmas tree, and they can't bless you not the Christmas, for honoring the tree. And they can't bless you for honoring the tree, whether you do it or not. There's no power in them to do anything. But what had to be sold in order for Ceramus or Samuel Murat to ask for a historical figure? To stay in power, this favor had to be started. This myth had to be started. And for all the people, the nation that, that were there at the child of Babel at the time, they all were privy to this. And they all were participants of this because Nimrod had power over the earth at that time. And the power transferred to his wife, Samaritan, or the historical figure, Samuel Samuel Marat. Verse 6. Jeremiah 15, verse 6. For as much as there is none like unto thee, O Lord, thou art great, and thy name is great in might. Anybody like the Most High? Now the Most High would have to die and then put his spirit and come back and impregnate a woman and put his son in this woman and giving her power? Come on, y'all. This is pagan. This is, is, is heathen. This is evil. This has nothing to do with God of the Bible. This has nothing to do with the Jesus Christ of the Bible or his mother. Let's go back now to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. Let's go back now to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. From the King James, we have, but refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. This is why Paul told Timothy this. And again, this was now, Paul wrote the letter to Timothy around what? 64 AD? So we have, if we look at this timeline, from Paul saying this, writing this letter to Timothy around 64 AD, 
after Christ. We go 600 years before Christ, we have Ezekiel and Jeremiah talking about the wickedness and the abominations that the Israelites were doing in the house of the Lord and that women were weeping for Tammuz. Who was Tammuz? The supposed God child, son of this woman, Sermonicus, who was impregnated by the spirit of her husband. Some 600 years later, or 6,000, uh, 6, 600 years before Christ. Then we go 2,000 years before that time to where around the time of the Tower of Babel first happened with Nimrod establishing that first kingdom of Babylon. This is why Paul was telling this to Timothy, to refuse profane and old wives' fables, that this woman got impregnated by a spirit who gave her this divine child, who was the, 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 the father come back. It was the spirit of the father coming back in this child. Don't pay no mind to that. Refuse that profane old wives fable. From the Bible in basic English, from the Bible in basic English, it says, but have nothing to do with unclean and foolish stories. Give yourself training in religion. The Bible in basic English for 1 Timothy 4 and 7. But have nothing to do with unclean and foolish stories. Give yourself training in religion. From the Beeren Study Bible, same verse, 1 Timothy 4 and 7. The Beeren Study Bible. But reject irreverent, silly myths. Instead, train yourself for godliness. Refute, reject irreverent, silly myths. Instead, train yourself for godliness. Irreverent, silly myths. Unclean, foolish stories. Profane, old, wives' fables. From the common English version. From the common English version. Don't have anything to do with worthless, senseless stories. Work hard to be truly religious. Worthless, senseless stories. Irreverent, silly myths. Unclean, foolish stories. Profane and old wise fables. From the International Standard Version, the International Standard Version, do not have anything to do with godless myths and fables of old women. Instead, train yourself to be godly. From the, J- the JMMT, the JMMT, I got to look it up again. The JMMT, which is the Jonathan Mitchell New Testament. The Jonathan Mitchell New Testament. This is what he, this is what he has translated. Now, you must constantly 
refuse and avoid or excuse yourself from profane and old womanish myths, yet habitually be training and exercising yourself as if in gymnastic discipline toward reverence, standing in awe of wellness with adoration, healthful devotion and virtuous conduct of ease in true relation to God. Make sure that we're habitually training ourselves as if he's going to the gym and true devotion and true relation to God and have nothing to do and by constantly refusing, by constantly avoiding, by constantly excusing ourselves from profane and old womanish myths, from godless myths and fables of old women, from God, uh, uh, to keep away from godless legends, which are not worth telling, uh, have nothing to do with worthless, senseless stories, reject irreverent, silly myths, have nothing to do with unclean and foolish stories, uh, refuse profane and old wives' fables. Why was this said? I'm looking at, let me see how much time I got left. I've got about six minutes. Six minutes. Six minutes. Six minutes of pressure on. Uh, uh, on. Let me see here. I might have to end this right here, brothers and sisters. I might have to because if I go to this next part, whew, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. You don't know I'll come back on Monday. You don't know I can come back on Monday. We'll come back on Monday. Brothers and sisters, now let's go to Acts chapter 19. All right? Let's go to Acts chapter 19. Let's start verse 21. Let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 19, start verse 21. After these things were ended, Paul, purposed in the spirit, when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem, saying, after I have been there, I must also see Rome. So Paul's made his travels, and I forget which, which journey this was, because he, he made several, like three major ones. I don't know. I forget which one this is. Um... But he's on this, this, this journey right now, this, this, this mission. Nepal's three missions, right? So he's on a mission. Um, but he had pa- he, so he's passing through Macedonia and Achaia. Uh, to, and he's on his way to Jerusalem. And he says, after I go to Jerusalem, I must also go to Rome, where obviously we're going to get the book of Romans from, right? Verse 22. So he's sent into Macedonia two of them that ministered unto him, Timotheus, and Erastus, but he himself stayed in Asia for a season. So he wants to go. He's traveling through Macedonia and uh, Achaia. He wants to go to Jerusalem. On this, he wants to get to Rome. So he sends Timothy and Erastus into Macedonia. All right. While Paul himself was in Asia, verse twenty-three, Acts chapter nineteen, verse twenty-three. At the same time, there arose no small stir about that way. So. There's a protest. There's a riot about to take place. All right? Let's read why. For a certain man named Demetrius, 
a silversmith which had made silver shrines for Diana brought no small gain unto the craftsmen. I hope we're hearing this. I hope I'm going to do this enough time. I might go a little bit over the two-hour mark, brothers and sisters, for those that might be listening to the uh, web browser. I might go just over the two-hour mark. For that two hours, it, the show's going to cut off if you just listen to the web browser. If you listen to the archive show, or if you've already called in, the show's going to continue, right? The show's going to continue. But if you happen to be listening in to the live show through the web browser, you, um, it's going to get cut off. But if you call in before the, the, before the two-hour mark, You'll be able to listen to the entire of the show live or come back and catch it through the, through the archives, all right? So in Acts chapter 19, verse 24, it says, For certain men, a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana, brought no small gain unto the craftsmen. So Demetrius is the head of the, I guess this is like a, a union, if you will, that their job was to make shrines for Diana. And they was getting paid off of it. They was making a lot of money off of this. Verse 25. Whom he called together and the workmen of like occupation. That's why I say like a union. And said, sirs, you know that by this craft we have our wealth. So this was profitable. This worship, this, this, uh, the shrines for Diana were very profitable. And the glad just give it away. We're going to find out that this Diana is going to tie back to, guess who? Ceramicists. But I didn't get that part away yet, but yeah. It, there, there's a tie-in, y'all. There's a connection. Reading on verse 26. Moreover, ye see and hear that not alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away much people, saying that they be no gods, which are made with hands. From the teaching that Paul was doing, the other apostles throughout Asia, Asia Minor, that they were turning a lot of people from idolatry, and in particular, from following godless myths, legends, old wives' fables that was making some people very rich. Really, and that, that they were turning people away from this and turning them back to the true God. Verse 27, not, not dealing with this mother who was impregnated by the, her dead husband, impregnated by the spirit of her dead husband, and that now her, the spirit of her dead husband now came back and de- through their child. Verse 27, so that, and I got 90 seconds left, I'm going to, I'm going to just read this part and we're going to finish out. Acts chapter 19, verse 27, so that not only this our craft is in danger to be said at night, but also that the temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised and her magnificence should be destroyed whom all Asia and the world worshipeth. Verse 28. And when they had heard these sayings, they were full of wrath and cried out saying, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. And the whole city was filled with com- confusion. And having caught Gaius and Aristarchus, Aristarchus, men of Macedonia, Paul's companions in travel, they rushed with one accord to the, into the theater. And when Paul went into the, uh, to the people, the disciples suffered him not. 
and certain of the chief of Asia, which were, friend, were, were his friends, sent unto him, desiring him that he would not adventure himself into the theater. Some therefore cried one thing and some another, for the assembly was confused, and the more part knew not whether, wherefore they would come together. Like, all these people come together? Right, what's going on? What's happening? Verse 33. And they drew Alexander out of the multitude, the Jews putting him forward. And Alexander beckoned with the hand and would have made his defense unto the people. But when they knew that he was a Jew, all with one voice about the space of two hours cried out, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. So they got such a, a great stir that here Alexander was going to say something. And he, he was like, he was a, 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 a like a councilman. He, he had a lot of pull within the city of Ephesians and was about to defend Paul and the other brothers. But when they found out he was a Jew, for two hours they were chanting, great is, is, uh, great is Diana of the Ephesians. This is what these merchantmen, these rich men, was pushing, in this, was pushing for to keep their money coming. In Ephesians, in Ephesus, all right, verse 35. And when the town clerk had appeased the people, he said, ye men of Ephesus, what man is there that knoweth not how that the city of the Ephesians is a worshiper of the great goddess Diana and of the image which fell down from Jupiter? Y'all catch this? That goddess, that the great goddess Diana was, uh, was the image which fell down from Jupiter. From the stars, the signs of heaven that, that we had already been warned about from Jeremiah. Don't be dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. Are we starting to connect some of these dots? Verse 36. Seeing then, Acts chapter 19, verse 36. Seeing then that these things cannot be spoken against, you ought to be quiet and to do nothing rashly. We know that y'all about this goddess, uh, Diana. And then y'all, y'all know, suppose that she came from Jupiter? We know this. So should y'all hear what these men got to say? Verse 37. For ye have brought hither these men, which are neither robbers of churches. Like, these men ain't robbed your churches. They ain't robbed y'all. No, you have blasphemers of your goddess. Wherefore, if Demetrius and the craftsmen which are with him have a matter against any man, the law is open, and there are there are deputies. Let them impede and plead one another. Verse thirty nine. But if ye inquire anything concerning other matters, it should be determined in a lawful assembly. Right, let's do this right. Let, 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 let's do this decently and in order. All right. Verse forty. For they for we are in danger to be called in question for this day's uproar. There being no cause whereby we may give an account of this this concourse, and when he had said thus, when we had he had thus spoken, he dismissed the assembly. So everybody's about to get it, that these rich men, Demetrius and all the, the, this union of people that he was with, had got the people to say such a stir, and people didn't even know what, why they was right. They didn't even know what was going on. All they had people just showing up like greatest Diana, greatest Diana, hip hip Diana, Diana, the goddess Diana. They don't have no idea what the hell is going on. What, what is this? 
And he had the people ready to riot, ready to protest. I mean, in protest. He said, did you? All y'all going by. So this, this, this brother was saying, all y'all are doing is you're hearing Demetrius and the men that are with him, but y'all don't even know why they're saying that. So what, what's going on? As far as these men that, that, that y'all about to go up against, you ain't even heard what they got to say. Y'all just going that Demetrius has got y'all yelling in such a tizzy. Y'all ain't going to let, the, let them speak. If it's that bad, look, we got deputies. Because we got to give an account of why this riot is taking place, of, of, of what's happening. Because by now, there's no lawful reason for y'all ready to hang these men. And y'all ain't even heard them yet. Y'all ready to go with these men, Paul and, and who, who, who his companions? It was Paul and, uh, let me see here. Uh, Gaius and uh, Aristarchus, Aristarchus. Y'all about to do something to them, and, 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 and for the past two hours, y'all been yelling this, great as Diana, great as Diana, and y'all ready to do, do these men in, and y'all don't even know why you're doing it? Shouldn't y'all hear, hear them out? Shouldn't this be lawful? And if they say something unlawful, we got courts that can deal with this. So, I'm going to shut this class down for today, brothers and sisters, and praise the most high. We got through it. <laughs> Thank you, Father, for the, uh, the, we got a chance to get through it. I will be continuing this class. The most I say the same on Monday. I will continue the series. It will be part 14. It will be part 14 of this series that we will continue on Monday. Um, and we're going to pick up with understanding who this Diana is and, and, uh, and, and having this goddess Diana and her tie-in with Ceramicus and with Nimrod. And the mother goddess worship, right? The mother goddess worship. Right? So, and then why, again, then we'll get, we're going to dive more into why, why Paul was, was, was uh, telling Timothy to refuse profane and old wives' fables but to not exercise yourself unto godliness. Here, especially here at Ephesus. Especially here at Ephesus, but that this is spread around all the world and around all Asia. All right? So with that, brothers and sisters, I am going to end it with that. I'm going to end it right there, okay? Um, thank you for tuning in. Today is Thursday. Today is Thursday. So please tune in on Facebook Live starting at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, uh, to SOW, uh, Nova Virginia, uh, Stream of Wisdom. Please, please, please tune in to, uh, on, on Facebook Live, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And please remember that tonight at sundown, tonight at sunset, is the beginning of the memorial of the blowing of trumpets. Okay? So with that, I'm going to end with that. All right? So, uh, don't forget to check us out tomorrow night uh, for uh, Friday Night Bible Breakdowns with Bonabar. All right, so with that, brothers and sisters, shalom. Shalom.